0: Good morning, church. My name is Clark Morris. I'm a deacon here for those of you who are visiting with us today. And we are very pleased to have you with us here at the Heartland Church of Christ. It's awesome to be able to worship together. And a little later in the lesson, I'm going to talk a little bit about this collection. So don't let me forget it. You won't let me forget that it's back here. Um, I could do that very easily. Uh, Sometimes... There are things that get us off our game and we forget about things. The last time I preached here was, I think, September 3rd, the first Sunday in September. And I, for that lesson, had made some notes because you might not realize this, but doing this actually makes me kind of nervous. And so I try to keep myself calm and having notes is a helpful thing. And I had put the notes Uh, Where we normally sit, uh, Stephanie and I sit, and uh, and when I went back in the little room back here to meet with the other gentlemen who were participating in service, and then when I came back out, they weren't there, and my wife wasn't there, and I didn't know where they were, and so I didn't I didn't know where she was, and so you know got out my phone and started texting Stephanie, and no response. text her again, no response. Kept doing that, you know, throughout the song service no response. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do this without any notes. And so I thought, what was I going to talk about, you know? And so, you know, so I got really uh, nervous. And now, fortunately, um, uh, Stephanie uh, produced the notes and, and got them to me. And so before I got up here, I actually had my notes. And so, you know, but um, for that caused you know, me a lot of concern. And so I was I'm trying to be at peace when I'm speaking, and I was not at peace uh, when I didn't have my notes. And so and that's just a little thing, but little things can really get us off our game. When we think about being at peace, Uh, we had a beautiful class this morning uh, with uh, Brother Mark Barone uh, adult class talking about um, how do we be happy as Christians? And one of those key things is that we need to be. At peace. And uh, Mark did a great job and and it dovetails beautifully into our lesson this morning, which is um, peace and being instruments of peace. You know, there are times where uh, I have seen where, you know, peace is such a good thing to pursue, but sometimes it is difficult to obtain because of these little things that get us off our game. So, you know, I was a little league baseball coach and got to coach uh, my older son, uh, Jacob, and actually Jackson Bridgman, who's back there. And we did that for a number of years, had a great team of of guys. And early on, I realized that, you know, that kind of uh, that atmosphere got me really charged up. And if you watched a a baseball game or a football game with me, you know that I get excited and, uh, you know, but after a few years of doing that and I would get more and more excited as a coach and I would yell more and more. And uh, I had a friend who was coach I was coaching with who told me, you know what, the more you yell, the worse they play. And, it, and so we started a season where we said, you know what, we're not going to yell anymore. And if you know, if we just if, if we don't yell and if we kind of have a good time and we get our players into a a great spirit where they're at peace with themselves rather than worried about what we're going to yell at them about. Let's just see how they play. Well, you know what? They started to play better and better because they had that peace. They weren't in fear of someone yelling at them and disrupting their game. And so peace is a beautiful thing. It not only makes you happy, but it makes you perform better. When uh, I love to drive, and so when we've taken family trips, I always want to be the driver. And you know, I as a driver, you know, I want to I want to go places, and that's sort of the purpose of a trip for for me. We enjoy the process. Um, and Austin, who's sitting over here, when he was little, he was uh, he was really skinny, and so his physiology didn't allow for a very big bladder, and so. When, you know, we would stop somewhere and use the restroom and then we'd jump in the car and we'd start driving again. And, you know, within what felt like to me three minutes, he'd be saying, I got to stop, Dad. I got to go to the bathroom. And I felt like instead of, you know, being the driver of a car at peace on this beautiful trip that uh, I was always, you know, uh, I was on this bathroom tour. Right. Driving to the next bathroom. And that caused me as a driver not to be at peace with what, you know, where we were going and at peace with the process because I kept getting interrupted to what I wanted to do, what I felt like the purpose of the trip was. It's. Uh, I, I want us to um, uh, to think about now, I'll get to this, this collection this morning. And. uh This is a great thing. Those of you that have uh, given these uh, funds for this church is an awesome thing. We've talked about this before. And so I'm not trying to diminish what's happened here in any way in my sermon today. But I do want to tell you that we are all of us, regardless of what you were able to do for this collection. All of us have an opportunity today to participate in God's work in godly work in his band as an instrument of peace. Every one of you. Now, when you walked in here, only the ones of you who had these dollars in your wallet or your purse were able to participate in this. Because there's a physical limitation based on how much of this you have as, as for whether you can physically give this or not. And this is a great thing. And if you have more to give, I would encourage you to give. So I'm not diminishing this. But the great thing about what we will talk about this morning is that each and every one of you, regardless of your age, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, regardless of your income level, regardless of where you live in this community or in the United States or the world, has an opportunity today to be an instrument of peace for our God. And to play in his band. And to create something beautiful. Now if you stuck your head out in the world. As we have heard through uh, Charlie's uh, beautiful prayer today. As and through Mark's prayer. If you have stuck your head out into the world. You do not see a world today. That looks like it is marching to a God of peace. In fact it looks pretty chaotic. You know even our chiefs which are now ranked. Number one in the power polls, right? That should give us great joy and peace. But I opened my Twitter account this morning and what does it say? I'm predicting the Chiefs will go down to the Houston, Texas because they're they're due for a loss. And so my peace is suddenly, oh, no, now I'm wrecked. Right. I'm worried about the game. We're finally number one. And yet that is not peaceful. The world's a crazy place. And actually, God told us it was going to be crazy. And so he has given you a gift, which is the gift of peace. But that peace will not make the world a less crazy place. The world's still going to be crazy, but the peace can be inside you and inside others. You can share that peace. In the uh, sermon that I gave on September 3rd, we talked about being salt and light and how our essential charge is to be salt and light in this world. And a part of being salt and light, of what it means to be salt and light, is to mean that we are people of peace. Now, I want to be careful to say this morning that this sermon is not a political sermon in any way. In fact, I'm not thinking about politics in any way. All I'm thinking about is you Your hearts and minds and your ability to hold God's peace and to be peace in this world. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about politics, but God has called you. He has called you to be people of peace. Galatians 522 gives us the fruits of the spirit. I'm just going to remind you that one of those fruits of the spirit is peace. It's an essential nature of the Christian walk. You know, I was reading in First Chronicles uh, recently as we were reading through the Bible and um, you know, reading all those great stories about David and how incredible David is and that he had his heart for God and all these things he did for God. And yet at the end of his life, he wanted to build a temple, a, a more formal temple rather than just a tent so that God could be. Housed in that the place where we worship God and formally came to be with God, that that would be something substantial. He had built a palace for himself, and he said, "This isn't right. That I have a palace for myself and not one for God." And so, but God said to David through a prophet, "He said, I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to have to have one of your sons build my temple." And the reason was, which kind of shocked me as I reminded myself through scripture, the reason was, is that David had been a man of war. And God said, you have killed many people. You have shed blood. You've been a man of war. And to build my temple, I need a man of peace. And so. Again, you know, we can make arguments to say that, you know, uh, at times uh, God puts up with war because, you know, maybe it's promoting a a agenda of peace. And but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. And what I'm interested in is that what God truly wants. Is he wants men and women of peace. That's what he desires. And to be uh, close to him and in his temple and to create a place Like Heartland, where we can come and worship God. He desires people of peace. Colossians 3 and verse 15 actually tells us that we are called to peace. Text there says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. That the very nature of the Christian walk of the Christian church Of our gathering together at its core is about peace. It's about peace. There's this uh, prayer that we printed in the bulletin uh, today on the back of the bulletin. If you turned it over, uh, you see it there. And it's uh, a very famous prayer, maybe the most famous Christian uh, prayer that's not in the Bible written by man. And uh, it's often often called the peace prayer. Um, And it is uh, it is credited to St. Francis of Assisi. Although if you do some research, you see that there's no evidence that he wrote this. Now, St. Francis wrote a lot of great uh, Christian writings. Uh, He wrote uh, some things that people have repeated over many, many generations. One of the things he wrote was. There is no darkness in the world able to snuff out the light of one candle. A lot of great things like that. I mean, he was a a good theologian. And so but there's no evidence that he wrote this. But this has been attributed to him for so long that we often say it's St. Francis prayer. But it's a really good prayer. And it's been set to a number of different songs. In fact, when I was a child, I got to hear the York College uh, choir uh, sing the song, the song that has this text, this prayer is the text. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And I was so struck by that. And I think at that time, that choir would sing that song at the close of every concert that they gave. And I don't know if they still do that. Maybe some of Yorkies can tell me uh, if that's true. But uh, it's beautiful. So listen to these words. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Life. So even though this is written by a man, it's a it's a Christian prayer. It's based all on Christian principles. It's and it's beautifully said, beautifully said. And it calls us to be instruments of peace. Instruments of peace. Romans 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone pardon produces peace and not until i have pardon will i have peace and so it is in giving pardon that i have peace faith nurtures peace and when we when i have faith i have this the seeds of peace inside me because by having faith in god i have peace hope gives birth to peace when i have hope I have peace because I have hope in something stronger than my current circumstance. Light reveals peace for it is you who are filled with light with no dark corners. A light so strong that it is radiant and is beamed out, as we talked about a month ago from Luke chapter 11, verse 36. And joy releases peace. We talked about that in class this morning. How often I have found that as I give voice to joy, then peace is released. Proverbs 12, verse 20 says, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. So as we think about this alliteration of being instruments of peace, you know, I'm a literal guy. So I have to think about instruments. And so in our household, we've had you know a few instruments come through. We had a cello and we had a viola and now we have a trumpet. And so I'm kind of fascinated with these instruments because I love music, but I can't play any of them. And so uh, my kids have actually they haven't let me. I would just grab these things and try to play them. And when I did that, they produced really awful sounds. And so when as they have practiced and played them, they can produce really beautiful sounds with these instruments. And, but I cannot. And that is a truth about every instrument that has been created, that those instruments, when played properly, can produce beautiful sounds. Some of you know that. Uh, through William Jewell College, one of the things I do is I uh, book mainly classical artists to come to Kansas City and perform in downtown Kansas City. And so this week, uh, we're presenting the Chicago Symphony Orchestra with the uh, conductor, Ricardo Moody. And if you know anything about classical music, you know that the Chicago Symphony is one of the best orchestras, not just in the country, but in the world, and that Ricardo Moody is regarded as one of the best conductors in the world. And so this is a big deal. And... Um, it is uh, for me professionally, it's a it's a really cool thing to get to present this incredible orchestra uh, in downtown Kansas City at the Kauffman Center. And when all those instruments get together and you, they are played properly and um, they work together, then this beautiful symphonic music then sort of washes over you and you're just in- amazed But if if I were up there and I often have this nightmare that um, I'm in the middle of an orchestra like this and I've got an instrument in my hands and, you know, the conductor starts and I start out and I think, well, maybe I know what I'm doing. But very quickly in the dream, I realize I don't know what I'm doing and I'm producing really terrible sound in the midst of this huge orchestra. But the same is true for you as a Christian, that you have the chance to be an instrument of peace and righteousness, but you also can be an instrument of unrighteousness and of strife. Romans 6 and verse 13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So that for us as Christians, that seems like an easy choice, right? So, God, if you're going to use me, if you're going to use this body and this mind and this heart and this soul for something, use it for good. Don't let Satan use this for bad, for unrighteousness, for strife. So if I'm going to be used for something, Father, use me for peace Use me for peace. And we are called to that. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. So that your band, Father, your band of Christians brought together, when we bring them all together and they're all playing through you and for you to be used as instruments of peace, that this is a beautiful symphony. It's a gorgeous symphony. It is. Incredible music. This is what God has called us to do, and this is what He has asked you to do to be an instrument of His peace. So, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but um, you may not know this, but we have a queen in the house. So, Molly Day was a crowned homecoming queen for Liberty High School uh, this weekend, so let's give her a round of applause. And the reason I point that out this this morning, uh, I mean, that's a very cool thing. Uh, I was jumping up and down when I saw that news. Um, and I don't know about the other candidates. I'm sure they were great candidates. But uh, but we know here at Heartland, we know um, that this is a woman that is an instrument of peace. And that's why so many people must have voted for her and got it right, because she is an instrument of peace and she's impossible not to love. Right. And when you live your life as an instrument of peace, you spread joy. You spread happiness. You are a person that creates a good good thing in the world because you are acting the way God wants you to be. I often have heard this story. And so perhaps you've heard it as well about um, a king who created a competition and he asked artists to paint paintings that would represent peace, would represent great peace. And so all these artists painted these paintings and they uh, came. And then the uh, whole community gathered to, uh, you know, look at this big art show, looking for what might be the winner. And there was this one painting that was truly extraordinary. It was of a scene of mountains. And beautiful clouds above the mountains, snow-capped mountains, and uh, trees and a meadow. And it was just the most intricately gorgeous painting that just for most of the people said, this must be the painting that represents peace. And so the popular vote was for this painting. But that's not the one that won. In fact, the king picked another artist as the winner, and the painting that he picked Was a painting that to all of the townspeople looked like it represented despair and hate and ugliness because it was a painting, again, of mountains, but these were craggly mountains with no trees on them. The sky was stormy, the valley below had uh, just giant boulders and rocks. And there didn't seem to be any beauty in the painting, or nothing that that brought peace to the viewer. And so, to the casual observer, they were confused by the selection of this painting. But the king pointed out, if you look at the painting closely, in a small crevice in the mountain is a is a bush. And in that bush, the artist had placed a little nest. And in the nest is a bird. And he said, this is the more accurate representation of what real peace is, that in the midst of a stormy and oftentimes violent world. That we can find peace and this bird had found peace and was supported in peace. And so peace does not mean the place that we are has no noise. Peace does not mean that the place that we are is always calm. Peace is a state of mind and heart that you have by knowing God, by being his instrument, and by living through his principles. I I, I know as a speaker I often too many times give analogies about running, and, but I'm going to do it again, and so I'm just apologizing uh, in advance. And uh, because this one, uh, this one really works for me. And so, uh, when I run, I don't like to be cold, and so uh, I'm not one of those runners that can, you know, run in a, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt in 40 degrees and, 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 and do that. And so I often, when it, you know, it dips below 60 degrees, I'll start wearing gloves. And so these are a pair of the gloves that I, that I often wear right here. And so one of the things that I have discovered, I'm not very smart, but uh, I do you know, sort of observe and figure things out, is that when it's between, you know, say, uh, you know, probably 45 and 60 degrees, my hands are too cold to run without gloves. But once I get running these gloves are too warm for me to wear because once my body heats up. But if I, if I were to lose the gloves, I'm still too cold. So I needed something in between that. And I discovered that if I just hold on to these gloves like this when I run, that my hands stay warm. And I think it's because, again, I'm not a physicist, but I think it's because just the presence, the small presence of a little bit of fabric in the palm of my hand Gives me enough warmth to protect me from the exterior cold. And you're probably wondering, what does that have to do with peace? And what it has to do with is that in this world, we may feel like that, you know, we don't have enough to contribute here to create peace in this world. And uh, I get it, Clark, that you're asking us to be instruments of peace, and I want to do that. But how do I do that and have an impact? And what I believe to be true is that sometimes that um, you don't need a mountain of peace in order to make a difference. Sometimes you just need a little peace to hold on to. To create peace in other people's life. And so I believe that if you go out from this world into this world, and you so peace you so kindness you so love you so forgiveness that while that may not seem to be big enough i believe that that will have make a difference that that will create wonderful moments of peace that people can hold on to and We may have people in our midst here or in our lives whose lives we cannot uh, make um, perfect. They may have things going on in their life that you would like to fix and to solve, and you can't do that. But I believe that you can give them some peace to hold on to. The faith that you have in God, the love that you have for God, and to share that with them. And I believe that will make a difference. This morning, if you want to be an instrument of peace and you recognize that in your life and there's something that is preventing you from doing that, if you'll come this morning, we will pray for you. If you want to put on Christ in baptism and become one of God's instruments, playing in his orchestra, dedicating your life now and forever to him, you have that opportunity today. And I encourage you, as individuals and as a body for us to be instruments of peace. Come now as we stand and sing.